0: Tonight, if you want to remain standing, you can. If you want to take your seat, you can. But we're going to move and weave in and out of prayer, worship, intercession. It's a night of being filled up tonight. A night of being filled up. Oh, Jesus. I want to encourage you tonight to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. And to flow with the Holy Spirit as he prompts you to learn something maybe that you've never learned before. Go where you've never gone before in terms of yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. The more we spend time in prayer, persistently, continually, unitedly, corporately, there's a certain level of anointing that gets released upon us that not only affects us individually but it affects us corporately it's in services like these where you catch an anointing or what someone calls a prayer spirit where the anointing of prayer comes upon you and your prayer life becomes different from that time it is in these times where God even if you are filled with the Holy Spirit He fills you again the book of Ephesians says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek language, that word has a play on it. It says, but be being filled with the Spirit. In other words, maintain a constant state of fullness. That even if you were once filled with the Holy Spirit and you spoke in tongues, there's a refilling that happens. And, and, and there's a newness and a freshness. I feel tonight this is a night for God to fill us up again. Hallelujah. And for those of you who were not filled with the Holy Spirit, God's going to fill you again. So tonight I want you to determine in your life to press in more. Go further than you've gone before. Learn how to yield to the Spirit. Learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Watch this, Basilana. No one has the power or the ability on their own to initiate a spiritual burden. Yesterday, as we were praying, something very spectacular happened. As we were praying, we all got into a mode where it was like a heavenly orchestrated thing and a choir conducted from heaven where we started praying with so much intensity that had we not stopped it, we wouldn't have stopped in such a short space of time that even at the end when we stopped, there were people who were still overflowing and you found it very difficult to even stop. Last night, God did something in the hearts and in the lives of many of you. Something that you're going to carry even in the many years of your life. And so when I was preparing myself for today and even last night when I was thinking, this morning when I was thinking, the Lord said he's going to pick up where he left off yesterday. Uh, God is not done with us yet. See, when God begins to push you into certain levels, he's the one on his own supernatural way and on his own volition where he begins to initiate certain things. Definitely prayer is a responsibility that God has given us where we are supposed to pray. We are supposed to do the initiating. But there are those unique times where when you initiate, it's almost like the Holy Spirit just overtakes you. That even when you started praying, you started praying with more intensity, with more power. There was an anointing to it. You didn't struggle. It's almost like you got lost in the spirit and time was no longer of the essence. You lost all consciousness of time. You didn't faint. You were not unconscious, but you became more conscious of the spirit world. And you tapped into a level of anointing where it's almost like you can keep going and you don't want to stop at all. Nobody in Barcelona can initiate that kind of praying. Because it is through that kind of praying that God begins to burden our hearts with certain things that we need to pray for. Sometimes you don't know what you're praying for, but you know for sure that God has put his heavenly agenda on your spirit. You see, a burden for intercession, or what I want to call a bathing prayer, is supernaturally placed on your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And it is in times like that God begins to burden your heart with certain things or he begins to open your eyes to the things that need to be prayed for or prayed about. Today I've been receiving quite a number of messages about last night. And I was so encouraged even by one of our uh, leaders in the church who sent a text message from a friend of theirs who recalls what happened in 1976. 1976. This person, when they first came to Soweto, they realized in Soweto, one of the things that stood out was how the beer halls or the, the bottle stores had been burned down. And it was so glaringly in their eyes and in their face when they noticed that at that time, we moved out in unison to destroy something that was destroying our nation. It's a tragedy that we are living in times today where we are surrounded by that type of thing, but it looks like it doesn't bother us in our hearts. See, God has begun to stir our hearts, Barcelona, about those things. When your heart begins to be concerned about certain things, then you know that God is stirring your heart. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Just take your seats for a few minutes. I want us to go to the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. We're going to read the whole chapter. And if I can have it in the New King James Bible, I think you can go and take your seats. Uh, I think you can remain on your seats. All right. Nehemiah chapter 1. I'm going to read And we're going to weave in and out of prayer tonight All right We're going to weave in and out of prayer tonight All right Nehemiah chapter 1 The words of Nehemiah The son of Hakaliah It came to pass in the month of Chislev In the 20th year as I was in Shushan The citadel Keep going please the whole chapter That Hanani one of my brethren Came with men from Judah And asked them And I asked them I asked them Concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. So he's asking, how are things at home? All right. Note the next verse. They said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The "The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burnt with fire. Now note, he's describing the situation. You know, one of our failures as believers is to be truthful about the state of affairs that we find. Even the state of affairs, you know, today we are at the Soviet Minister's Fraternal, and we were so blessed to have the Chief Justice Mkhweng Mkhweng come and address us as leaders. And one of the things he spoke very strongly about is our failure to address the wrongs that happen in the church, where religion has been commercialized where people have been taken advantage of in the name of God, where money is abused by people in the church, not tax compliance, people are abused sexually in the church and we're not saying anything about it. See, when we fail to actually look at things and call them for what they are, when we walk around and we see drunkenness all over our streets, and we see filth on our screens, and we hear things that, sometimes want to be put into education system that go very much against what we believe. When we do not really acknowledge where we are at then it's not going to be possible for us to turn things around. So Nehemiah, they tell him they said to him, Jerusalem is broken down. First of all the people who are from captivity in the province are in great distress and reproach. And then they say, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Keep going. Verse 4. So it was when I heard these words. Watch this, Bazalana. I sat down and wept. And mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Keep that verse there. Keep that verse there. Bazalana. when your heart begins to get burdened with the state of affairs. And how things are. When you find yourself feeling a sense of weight and heaviness, pain, then you know that the Holy Spirit is supernaturally laying a burden on your spirit. Let me go back to what I said when I started. None of us can put a burden on our spirits on our own accord or in our own strength. No one has the power or the ability on their own to initiate a spiritual burden. But when what you see and what you observe around begins to weigh on your spirit and you are dissatisfied about the state of things, it could be that you're dissatisfied about the state of your spirituality. It could be that you're dissatisfied about something, but it begins to weigh on you. This is the supernatural act of the Holy Spirit when he places a burden on you. Can I hear an amen in the house? And so here is Nehemiah. He says, when I heard these words, what happened? I sat down and wept. These are not crocodile tears. These are not tears that are manufactures. These are tears that are, a, that are an expression of a broken heart. Not only did he weep, he mourned for many days. Many days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Verse 5, keep going. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O oh great and awesome God, you who keeps your covenant of mercy with those who love you, and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. So when we come before God, we must come with a humble heart and ask God to forgive us for the things that we have allowed. Ask God to forgive us for the things that we have permitted. You know, I mean, the last few Sundays as I've been preaching in our church and the last few days as I've been preaching in our church, I must be honest, I was struck by the response of people when I started challenging the issues of morality. The way people were so quiet and I could read some of them in their minds, it was like, why are you talking about this? You know, it's almost like people want to normalize something that is sinful in the eyes of God. I was surprised when I was talking about fat and set. People looked at me like I'm from another planet. When I talked about not marrying, not getting married to people who are not safe, it was like people are looking at me like, Opuma gupilom fundis. And yet these are things are, that are in the word of God. We must confess, bazalana the things that we have accepted in our midst. We must come before God and confess for things that we have become comfortable with and we have allowed in our midst. Yeah, yeah, you see now, you are clapping out of distress now, you see now. We must confess our sins that we don't come to church just for the sake of marking time and just for the sake of marking the register. It should be that when we come to church to worship before God, we come here to have an encounter with God. The Chief Justice today said, any sermon that doesn't make you uncomfortable is not a sermon that comes from God. Oh, am I preaching to somebody here? God must meddle in our affairs. God must make us uncomfortable in our comfort. God must create a disequilibrium in our lives. God must go where no one else will go. Because if we cohabit with things that are wrong, with things that are sinful, if we compromise what God says, you know what that does? It neutralizes the power of the church. Several years ago, one of our former presidents was going to make a statement I didn't like. But afterwards, when I thought about it, I thought, you know, all right. He said, it's so amazing that we have so many churches that are here in our country and more and more churches are starting every day. But the state of the nation is becoming worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. The churches of old, when the church became the church, in the New Testament, it affected the quality of life that was going on in the nation. Runa what church are we? That we open more churches. We have more people becoming pastors. We have more people becoming bishops. Apostles. Major one, major two, major three, major number, whatever. We have so many prophets and so many things that we are doing. And yet, the statistics are showing that our nation is becoming worse and worse and worse. I'll tell you why it's that. Is because the people who are professing the name of God are cohabiting with sinful behavior. That we come to church, but we still practice certain things. I was offended years ago. This is years ago. I never even told anybody. This is the first time I'm talking about it because it shocked me. One young guy came during one of our services. And he was actually confessing something. And he was confessing how he had gone to strip clubs. And then he said, and that lady over there who is in the whatever department actually goes to the strip club and is a pole dancer. And you know, I remember I talked to that young man. And I think what was a shock to me was the casual way in which he talked about it. It was like to him, there's no difference between being a Christian. It's it's almost like, you know, you can go to a strip club. You can be a pole dancer and come sing in the choir on Sunday. It is that kind of lifestyle that neutralizes our prayers. It is that kind of behavior that even our power is not felt. Our effectiveness is not there as the church. Yeah, we can be fashionable, but be a powerless church. The gospel has the power to deliver and to cleanse. And Nehemiah, please don't take my verse away, please. When he went before God, when he was burdened, he began with his wrongs to deal with his sins. He says, Lord, please, your ears be attentive to our prayers. Hear the prayers of your servant before you, who pray before you day and night for the children of Israel. And, and, and we confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. Next verse. We have acted corruptly against you. Yeah. In church. Yeah. We allow things to happen. We allow corruption to happen. We've sold out as ministers. We're selling the pulpit. We are are allowing influential people to become the greatest thing ever. We want to bring people here who are known, but who don't live the lifestyle. We want to be proud to be the pastor of so-and-so, even if so-and-so doesn't live the life. And we will bring them here to try and promote our ministries and show how big we are. Okay, I know you don't like me, but that's fine. I'm not in for votes. We have acted corruptly against you. We have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor or the ordinances which you've commanded your servant Moses. We must make up our minds. We're going to live for God. Can I hear an amen? There's a certain power that a moral life has. There are certain levels of dealing with demonic powers that you will never break into them if you don't live right. And this gospel that we preach, this gospel that we preach can only work through clean vessels. Look at your neighbor who's not clapping and said, that's why you are not clapping. We've acted very corruptly against you. You know, the issue around people criticizing pastors, criticizing, talking bad in church, people dividing, hating each other in the church, fighting with each other, huh? gossiping, all kinds of people scheming, planning against each other, people in the departments fighting, members fighting, people bow. Oh, it's all corrupt. How do we think we can gather here with all that filth? And have God move among us. We need to come before God with that heart tonight. We have acted corruptly against you. We have not kept your commandments, the statutes, the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Keep going. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are faithful, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me, that's the good thing about God. Hallelujah. You know, God is far more willing to forgive us. Far more ready. He says, if you return to me, though some of you were cast out of the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there. I will bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for was the king's cup, Better. Can I hear a good amen in that? God is going to be attentive to our prayers. And so tonight, Bazalana, I want us, in the next few minutes, to get you a time of prayer. Let's name the wrongs. Let's call them out before God and say, "We are sorry. We are sorry. You know what I love about God? All he said is that if you confess your sins then he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You don't have to beat yourself up on the head. All you need is to just say, God, here am I. Forgive me. As for me, I'm asking God to forgive us as pastors, as leaders. God, forgive us as men the atrocities we've committed the violence that we are perpetrating God forgive us as spiritual leaders who are leading and yet so insensitive to the pain in our nation and that we didn't go to strengthen the weak to help those who are in trouble to lift up the poor, to bind up the broken-hearted, that we didn't look after God's sheep as shepherds. What we wanted is to fleece the sheep. It was about what we can get out of the shepherds, the sheep. instead of saving them. Instead of giving them God's word, we gave them other things. We preached to draw them after us and not after Christ. We made ourselves demigods. We made ourselves superstars. We replaced the cross with our own human activity. We became title conscious instead of being Jesus conscious. We stood on pulpits and we didn't declare the whole counsel of God. We preached something else. And so tonight as we kneel before God, we ask him to forgive us. Just for a few minutes. Let's just go before him. We bow before you, Jesus.
1: we bow before you, Jesus. Forgive us, O God,
0: as leaders we have led, like the blind leading the blind. Things we did out of our own selfish motives. Things that we perpetrated in your name. Forgive us for abusing your word and changing it to suit what we wanted to do in exploiting people. Forgive us for not being faithful to preaching the unadulterated word. For not teaching your people to pray. Not teaching people your word. Forgive us for not being caring pain and the malady in our nation. When people were caught in crisis, we were not there to comfort, to wipe away the tears. We were not there to strengthen. Forgive us. Forgive us that we are more concerned about the names of our churches than being concerned about your name, oh God. Forgive us that we were more conscious of titles than we are of calling and anointing and mental.
1: Forgive us.
0: Forgive us that we didn't take this gospel to the ends of the earth. We didn't win the lost. We didn't do crusades. Jesus, you gave us a command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Instead of using the finances you gave us, Expand the footprint of your word and of your work. We became self indulgent and spend it on our own, our own lusts, and our own ways. Forgive us, we didn't teach people to pray. Forgive us, we didn't teach people to fear you. Forgive us, we didn't challenge sin and challenge wrong. Forgive us. We didn't stay away from wrong. We came on pulpits as vessels that are defiled. We came on pulpits as those who were living in sin. Forgive us for not being an example to your people. Forgive us for not living to the glory of your name.
1: Oh God, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Your word says if we will confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, Jesus forgive us. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. And now Lord, we receive your forgiveness. And now Lord, we receive your cleansing.
0: Your word says you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, you are faithful God.
1: You are faithful, oh God, you are faithful, oh And every hour, you are faithful, oh. faithful, you are faithful, oh. you are faithful. It again, you are faithful, you are. Oh. You are faithful, Jesus, you are. Join hands with your neighbor and begin to pray for them right now. We're going to pray for them right now,
0: Father. I pray for my brother and my sister that I've spoken against, that I've acted against, that I've behaved against in an unjust way. Forgive me for the way I've treated them. Forgive me for the way I've talked about them. Forgive me for my thoughts. That have been negative towards them. As I hold my hand with them. I receive them as my sister. As my brother. I receive them. As a fellow heir with me. Of the promises of God. I receive them as a fellow soldier of Jesus Christ. Forgive me in the way I have acted towards them. In an unjust way, my God. As I hold their hand. I know you said one can turn a thousand to flight. But two will turn ten thousand to flight. As we join together in prayer. Thank you for taking us to higher levels of power and anointing. And effectiveness. In the name of Jesus. Senna mahama mresa kalamoro bakorodea Branna la de bere besekela nammre bele bare nanamuso korodea Jenen nammro sokoroda mrambala bara baboro Father as we join our hands we constitute spiritual law where our multiplied power of prayer is increased As we join our hands we constitute a spiritual law where there is more that can happen through the power of the Holy Ghost not only as we join our hands together but we join our hearts together there's no animosity between us there's no jealousy between us there's no strife between us there's no unforgiveness between us there's no selfish motive between us but behold how good and how pleasant it is where brethren dwell together in unity. Oh God, let the oil come upon us. Let the fresh oil come upon us. Begin to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, fulfill in their lives that which you have promised. Fulfill in their lives that which you have promised. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as I join hands with them, if there be any sickness and any disease, In their lives right now, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I speak healing power upon them. I speak deliverance upon them. I speak total wellness and health upon them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for their financial welfare. Your word declares that you are the God who will supply all their need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Wherever there's any lack, I pray, Father, that you will remove that lack in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will provide for them. I pray that if they are looking for a job or looking for any opportunity, lead them and guide them to the right place in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray also for their families. I pray that if things are not well in their families, you'll make it right. I pray that you will visit their family. Let their family experience a divine visitation by the power of god father god visit their home father god visit their family make right that which is not right in the name of jesus i pray for their social welfare i pray that they will do well in relationships i pray god in terms of their calling and their mission in life that they will live in the fullness of fulfilling their destiny no weapon formed against them will prosper. No tongue raised against them in judgment will be prosper. No plan of the enemy that is meant to bring them down will bring them down. I destroy every plan of the enemy. I frustrate every scheme of the enemy. I bring down every power of darkness. I speak the blessing of God upon their lives. That they are blessed in the city, they are blessed in the field. They are coming in they are blessed going out they are blessed wherever they go oh god i speak your word over them this is my brother this is my sister we are together in your kingdom of god I reverse every negative word I've ever spoken against them I reverse every negative act that I've ever spoken against them I reverse every power of darkness that is trying to work against them I release them into the fullness of your destiny prosper them in the way in which they go give them success and prosperity in the way they go I pray that you will give them every desire of their heart, O oh God. Whatever they are desiring for Rebecco Talabahia talabasoro. Mama nemon na labaco raba rabba numbro socoro dede. Rima numbra salabando brebalabaco. Rima numbra falabando brebe lebe. Rendamendo rebelebeco. Ramonombro solabar cebelebeto. Mandombra so rebelebeco. Rama nobre babalabaco babalabaco. Babalaba, Cobalaba, Cobra Palamando, Brabella Beco, Brabalaba, Cobra Balaba, Cobra Balabaco, Mamariala, Braparaba, Cobra, Papra Palabre, Rimanombra, Brabalaba, Cobra Parbada, Raphael Manamada, Mindiriala, Salabara, Papra Falamado, Ripora Mambra Sakora Mendiriala Bra Sakora Mamma Mamba, Mamma Bamba, Mamma Bamba. I declare your blessing upon them, I declare your prosperity upon them. I declare the grace of God upon them, I declare favor upon them, favor upon them, favor upon them, favor upon them, favor upon them. them. Bless them Father God, bless them beyond their wildest dreams. I pray the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill them to overflowing. I pray the blessing of the gifts of the Spirit upon their lives. I pray that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. That they may hear your word more and know your word more. I pray that they will walk closer with you, Jesus. I pray that they will walk in resurrection life. I pray that they will walk in the abundance of the blessing of God. In the abundance of the revelation of God. I pray that there will be a prayer warrior in the name of Jesus. I pray that they will walk as a soldier of Jesus Christ. I pray that they will be able to use the weapons of their warfare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for them in the name of Jesus. Pray for them in the Holy Ghost. Rendendo, Remandando, 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 Mariana Brabalman, Bramanoma, 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 Maria Loro Brafalmano, Carmenaca, Brahmanembra, Brabalodeco, Meriandombra, Brabalamando, Rebelebedo, Endoro, Celeboro, Rebelebe, Membravo, Crava. Pour out the blessings, Father. Pour out the blessings, Father, upon their lives. Pour out the blessings upon their lives. Pour out the blessings upon their lives. Pour, the Pour out the blessings upon their lives. All negativity gone. All evilness gone. All plans of the enemy gone. Maria Borobassi basi calaboro, mandele berebele bere bere Rebele calaboro, bere 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 ndombe baso calaboro, rimandombe basala bara, rimandombe rimana Dremendo mbabala bakura bara bara
1: bando ndoro Rimando mbabala bakura bara 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 Eh ke para bara bara osse te de sotelo boro Oh baba bara baba Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord, Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just look at them now and say, I bless you in the name of Jesus.
0: I speak all of God's blessings upon your life. Forgive me for not having treated you right. I covenant with you today. I will walk in unity with you. I will live a reconciled life with you. And I will always wish you of all God's best. May the anointing and the power of the holy ghost rest upon your life in increasing measure in Jesus name give the lord a big hand if you believe that
1: thank you jesus that's right thank you lord Take your seats, please. Just a
0: little bit more. We're going to pray some more. Are you getting tired? You want to pray some more? Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8. Isaiah 66. We're talking about that burden that God lays upon you. When God lays a burden on your spirit, or what we call spirit-initiated prayer, Burdens that are spirit initiated. This leads to what I taught a while ago. I want to remind you of it. It leads to what we call birthing prayer. It was interesting today when I was listening to a preacher and he was talking about what is described in the book of Genesis. Genesis. where the earth was without form and void. And it says, and the spirit of the Lord was hovering upon the face of the dip. Some translation says, the spirit of the Lord was brooding upon the face of the dip. It's very interesting that it's a very intimate term that literally describing the act of marriage between two married people, a husband and a wife, where, as I was explaining the other day, life happens. What God is literally trying to tell us is that the activity of the Holy Spirit brings about birth where there has been death. You see, only the Holy Spirit is able to bring something that's new. Wherever things have stagnated and things are no longer what they ought to be. Amen. Thank you. It can only be through the act of the Holy Spirit that God is something. So watch this, Pastor Len. The reason we need to follow the Holy Spirit in prayer is because the Holy Spirit leads us through what the Bible calls travail or groaning. Or intercession. All these acts are acts whereby the Holy Spirit wants to birth something through us. As I explained yesterday, your heart can become burdened. A weight or a heaviness can be on your heart. Or a dominant thought that you can't shake away. Or somebody's name coming to your mind. But for whatever reason, you can't shake it away. Or you see a situation when you note it grieves you in your heart. Often we may assume it's just a sadness that we feel in the natural. But what happens is that it's a Holy Ghost initiated spiritual sensing. Where the Holy Spirit is trying to place a burden, a weight on your spirit so that you can give expression in prayer as you pray for that situation. So in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8, it reads as follows. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion Travailed, she brought forth her children. So, in other words, when Zion travails, Zion will bring forth children. Just to explain to you, Zion there refers to the church. Of course, it has a double fold meaning, but for the sake of our lesson, Zion refers to the born again children of God. And God says, as soon as they travail, they will bring forth children. Paul picked this up when he was talking to the church in Galatia in Galatians 4:19, when he said to them, My little children of whom I travail in Beth again. Somebody said again. Say it again. Amen. Say, it again. say it again, again. Amen. Tell two people again, again. My little children of whom I travel in Beth again. What does the word again mean? Hape, hape, What does the word again mean? hal. What, what, what does the word again mean? Huh? Repeated. What does the word again mean? Eh? Huh? Hello? One. Once more. What does the word again mean? So when Paul says, I travail in Beth again, it suggests that he did travail in Beth time before this travail. Oh, you're not hearing me. That he says he's traveling in Beth again, and he says, my little children, I'm traveling in Beth again, but this time I'm traveling in Beth again, that Christ should be formed in you. Let me let me let me decode it for you. One translation says, I'm travailing in birth again, that your outward life will be a representative of the inward change that's inside of you. So this second travail was a travail for them to become spiritually matured. But this was the travail again. So it means the first time it travailed for them was for them to be born into the kingdom of God. But after they were born into the kingdom of God, they got born again, they became Christians. Now he travailed again, so that their outward life should conform to the inward change that has happened on the inside of them. Are you there, Basalana? Are you there, Basalana? So this word travail is an important word, which means this. In God's kingdom, we give birth to things. No travail, no birth. No travail, no new life. No hoovering over, no new life. The spirit always hovers over. The spirit always comes over. And if we don't do that, there's no new life. In fact, Jesus told us that you and I, we have a spiritual womb. He calls it a belly. In John 77, rather, verse 37 to verse 39, he says, in the last day, that day, great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come and drink. Let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, somebody say he that believes on me. Tell your neighbor, "He he that believes on me. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly ah. out of his womb out of his belly shall do, shall do what? shall do what? shall do what? shall flow what? not one river but rivers 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 so in other words there's going to be one river after another river after another river and note what kind of rivers there are. There are rivers of living water. Listen to me. There is living water that is resident on the inside of you. Yeah. Then it says in brackets, But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet given one translation says out of his innermost being that word innermost being or belly in greek is the word koilia k o i l i a koilia the word koilia literally means womb mama la mazala mama la You and I, we are the womb of God upon the earth. It is through you and me that God's things can be born into the world. The Holy Spirit comes and hovers over you. The Holy Spirit comes and moves you in your belly, in your spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lays a burden upon your heart. Why? So that you can give birth to the things of God. Watch. We are not the source of life. We do not generate life. But we only release through prayer what God impregnates us with. So the Holy Spirit, when he burdens you, when he burdens me, he wants us to be faithful in carrying the child to full term. So that the child can be born. It's amazing that in 1 Kings chapter 18, let's have it on the screen. Verse 41 to verse 45. Elijah did something when he was praying. It says, Elijah said to Ahab, get up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Next verse, I'm till 45. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Camel. It says, and he cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Keep going. And sent to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again, seven time." Yes. And it came to pass the seventh time, he said, Behold, there arise a little cloud out of the sea. Like a man said, and he said, Go up and set your harp. Prepare your chariot and get it down that the rain doesn't stop you. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens was black with cloud and wind, and there was a great rain. Barcelona, Elijah gave birth. We are told the posture that he took when he knelt down, put his head between his knees, is the same posture that women took in those days when they gave birth. So Elijah was actually engaging in birthing prayer, in travailing prayer. Watch, Pastor It is not so much about the posture that I want to talk about, but it's about the act of the Holy Spirit as He burdens your heart to give birth to things. James, therefore, when he talks about fervent prayer, and he said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will bring forth fruit. In fact, he says here, confess your faults to one another, pray for one another. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Then he goes back to Elijah. He said, Elijah was a man of like passions. He prayed that it should rain and he didn't rain. He prayed again that it should rain and he rained. So clearly, the Holy Spirit engages in birthing prayer, travailing prayer. There are certain things, therefore, that we need to be clear about when it comes to travailing prayer. Number one, the Holy Spirit is to be involved. So please, when the Holy Spirit burdens your heart, like I said on Monday, don't postpone. Don't ignore it. If you can give expression to it as quickly as you can, if you can't give expression to it and you are in an inappropriate place, Remember, the burden will not evaporate and it will not go away. But whatever the case, don't ignore that burden. Whatever the case, don't don't act like there is no burden. In fact, what I found out is oftentimes when you start praying, you may go through a rough time where it seems like there is no flow. It's almost like when we're praying now for one another. I noticed that you guys were a little rusty dusty there. Many people stop because of the rusty dustiness. Mara, if you can just hang on for just 15 minutes more, 30 minutes more, all of a sudden it's almost like the Holy Spirit intervenes and he takes over. So we need to be faithful in staying with it. Number two, number two, it should, should be important for us to understand that birthing and travailing prayer is associated with spiritual reproduction. All right, thirdly, we are learning that this birth in prayer aids in the maturing process of the believers, and this birth in prayer number four can be very intense, it involves fervency, tears, and even groaning. Now, watch, it's kind of amazing when Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus. When you read that scripture it is not very clear what happened that he raised Lazarus from the dead. As a matter of fact, when you read, you note, when Jesus came to the tomb, before he gave the instruction for them to to roll away the stone, the Bible says he groaned in the spirit. And when you read it, he says he groaned in the spirit And the next thing he says that comes out of his mouth, Father, I thank you that you always hear me.
1: Uh.
0: I was always wondering. He groaned in the spirit. What does it mean? Until I read it and I realized Jesus engaged in bathing prayer. Because you see, when you groan in the spirit, there's no intelligible words that come. But Romans chapter 8 tells us that the Holy Spirit prays with through us with groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech. But it says, even if when you don't know what you are saying and people don't understand what you are saying, but he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, for the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. So, Jesus, knowing that when he groaned, He knew that God understood. And he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth because of birthing prayer. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So let me close. The Holy Spirit, therefore, is God's birthing agent. It's not our own human ability. Therefore, we shouldn't try to fake groanings, nor fake a burden. We shouldn't try to even play around with these things. Because these are spirit-born, spirit-initiated, spirit-anointed activities. We cannot birth anything spiritually ourselves. Only the Holy Spirit can birth through us. In fact, You find that the Holy Spirit is the birthing agent of the Godhead. It was the Holy Spirit who came upon the young girl called Maria, Mary, and hovered upon her. And Jesus was born. The Holy Spirit, secondly, is the power source of the Godhead. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's Number three, it is the Holy Spirit who comes in wherever there is tohu vabuhu. The Holy Spirit loves to come in where there's confusion, where there's darkness, where there's nothing that's working. And he doesn't run away. He hangs around waiting for somebody to call upon him to help. It's the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1. When the earth was without form and void and there was emptiness, the Holy Spirit was waiting for words to be spoken. In the same way, there's tovabohu in other areas in society. And the Holy Spirit is waiting for you and me to engage in the act of prayer. Number four, it is the Holy Spirit who always breathes life into dead things. It's the Holy Spirit who brings life into physical beings. In Genesis 2, when God created man, it's the Holy Spirit who brought life to that lifeless form. In Ezekiel chapter 37, it is the Holy Spirit who went into the valley of dry bones and brought life. In Acts chapter 2, it was the Holy Spirit in the upper room who came upon the disciples and filled them with power. Elijah, therefore, could not produce rain on his own. Paul, therefore, could not produce new birth or maturity in the Galatians in his own power. Therefore, we cannot produce spiritual sons and daughters. We cannot see the miraculous power of God go into action through our own means. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to hover upon us. And as He hoovers upon our hearts, as He gets hold of us, let's give expressions to those groanings, to those tongues. Let's give expressions to those intercessions. Let's give expression to them for however long it takes. If it takes many days, keep on going. If it takes many weeks, keep on going. Let the Holy Spirit do that. And you know what I found out? When the Holy Spirit is done with one thing, He always has another agenda coming, and another agenda coming, and another agenda coming, and another agenda coming. And let me say this, Bazolan. If the Holy Spirit can be able to entrust you with being that faithful vessel, you'll be amazed how much God is going to use you in this area. You know why? Because God said, I looked. I searched for a man. I was looking and I was searching for somebody who is, whose spiritual antenna is connected to heaven. God says, I'm looking for somebody who is connected to the heavens. I'm looking for somebody that I can use as a vessel to stop tragedy, to stop death, to bring new life. I'm looking for somebody that even if they don't know what they are praying about, it doesn't matter. I'm looking for somebody that I can use to stop an accident in China, to stop an accident in Malaysia. I'm looking for somebody that I can use to cause people to be born again in Nigeria, in Ghana. I'm looking for somebody to use to stop somebody hanging themselves and killing themselves. I'm just looking for somebody who will bring life to a new church and a dead church. I'm looking for somebody who will pray and I will dump an anointing on a preacher who is preaching and something new can happen. And I wonder if you can be that womb of God that God can trust. I wonder if you can be that womb of God that God can trust. I wonder if God can trust like He trusted Maria that when I speak to Mary, she will be say, "Be it unto me according to Thy word." I will be that instrument and I will be that vessel. I hear the Lord say In the world that's broken And a world filled with tragedy Pain Loss A world that has disasters happen This world Unfortunately Those who are my people who are supposed to be standing in the gap are no longer where they ought to be. They have busied themselves with other agendas. They have disconnected from the source. My people, many of them know so little about my move, says the Lord. Even when I've put a burden on them, Many didn't even know what it was. But you see these days are days of visitation. These days are days when enlightenment is coming your way. These days are days where your life is going to change forever. These are days where you're going to learn things that are new. And once again, you can be that vessel that I will use, says the Lord. Once again, you can be that vessel that I will fill to overflowing. Once again, you can be that one that I will trust. You can be that one that I will look for as an intercessor. The one that I know I can always place my spirit upon them. And I can always hoover upon them. And they will be faithful and loyal. Hear this, my sons and my daughters. These are the days where your life going to move to a new level through the word that has been spoken and the counsel of God that has come into your life there's an impartation upon you that has begun it's an impartation More than you've ever seen before. An impartation that has come upon your life. Not only will it be that you'll pray for others. But the same impartation will work in your life and work in your family. And you will see your life move to another level. And you'll begin to experience an anointing that you've never known before. And I hear the Lord say, you will see things fall away from your life. Habits that you've struggled with things that you've toiled about. Things that you have said many times, I'll never do it again. When my spirit sets you on fire just like it was on the day of Pentecost when the fire of the Holy Spirit came to sit upon my people and my fire will come to sit upon your life and your life will never be the same again. Receive now says the Lord. Receive now says the Lord. Receive that impartation of the Holy Spirit. Begin to give expression to it tonight. Begin to pray like you've never prayed before. Rama Ramamakora <speaking> de <in> Brapa, Nehena Masakora de Calado, Mengi Mania nova brafa, Manahaya Labore de Berebo Setelabai, Mangiria Sokor Badebe, Mangiria Sokabara Bebe, Ramangrakalabaria Karababa, Ongembrekelebariandorebe Setel.